passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What does Conan mean to me? Absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. What do I think about him? He's a snake. Always been a snake, will always be a snake. Because he decided to move to uh, his nice little white house and his nice little white neighborhood and with his nice little white friends. And he forgot what the struggle was. He forgot what being hungry is, man. He forgot what trying to make a dollar out of 15 cent is all about. I called up, man. I called up. These are some stupid ass questions, man. You want to know everything? You want to know my government name? You want to know all this other stuff, man? Man, listen. I called them up. I said, Conan, I want them out. Talk to me. And they said they're down with it, and they're ready to go. This time's come, man. It's over. It's done with. Bottom line is, man, Conan, you're playing checkers, man. I'm a king. I'm playing chess, homie. That's what I'm doing, partner. I'm trying to make a real move in this game. Yeah, I did it. And I got no problem with it. Because while you were sitting there talking about, oh, I found out, I already had a joker up my sleeve, man. Get out of here. Hello and welcome to episode two of Bushby and Thompson's Wrestling Adventure on postwrestling.com. And I'm your host, Martin Bushby, and joining me is Andrew Thompson. And Andrew, some some cracking feedback from our debut show with Nate. I was I was reading quite a bit of that um, in the past couple of weeks. Um, I think it went really well, that debut show we had with Nate Milton. Yeah, it, it definitely went well, man. Uh, I'm 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 real excited about the the layout of this show, kind of the, the chemistry we got. I'm 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 real amped for future episodes, and of course, this episode we got going on right now. And shout, and shout out to uh, Uncle Nate for coming on the podcast, man. We appreciate you, brother. No, definitely. Well, just uh, you and me this month, uh, but I mean, you've had a busy couple of weeks. I was just listening to your. Uh... To you on the Pro Wrestling Tease cast uh, the other day. Really good show, that really enjoyed it. I thought it really went in depth on sort of like, you know, you're starting out and your interviews and uh, and joining post wrestling and that stuff that I I didn't know before. So, yeah, really good interview with uh, Scrump and the guys. Yeah, I, I appreciate them having me on, of course. Like, that was, a, that was a good time. Like, honestly, I wasn't expecting, like, it, like, that that deep into everything like I, I was expecting like just like you know us talking about some wrestling maybe like some you know netflix shows and stuff like that but we got like into like a whole plethora of different topics like of course like racial injustices and just like everything so like that that was a, a real fun podcast to do do you feel i think i mean and i used to do quite a lot of uh wrestling interviews back in the day we're talking sort of like five i saw six hold on wait 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 time out, time out, time out Marty, because I, I saw i saw one of your tweets and I, I saw you interview Okada, and I was like, what the hell? I was like, I, I never knew about this. But like, when, when was this? And then, and then I started looking at your channel. I'm seeing interviews with Dakota Kai, Alistair Black. I'm like, look, okay, my, my, <laughs> Mark, Bushby was, Mark Bushby was ahead of the game, man. I was like, okay, look look, look at this look at this brother right here. I, I couldn't believe it, man. But no, that's that's cool, man. I, I didn't know that you were doing, like, like, you had some, like, really, really good interviews, and then 
I, I, I think the cool part, like some of the stuff I saw on your channel was like, it was like with people that are like really high profile right now and and you caught them like on their rise. And yeah. I think that besides Okada, of course, but like still, you know, saying it, but besides him, but like, I, I think like it's cool that you had Dakota Kai and now it's the black, as I mentioned, and like you kind of caught them when they were on the uprise and then to see where they are now on national television, you know, I, I think that's like real cool, man. Yeah, I was always a big fan of uh, Alistair Black when he was Tommy End on the Indies and that. So yeah, he was a really interesting guy, and he obviously still is, isn't he? Um, so he was a, he was a great interview. But um, I mean, you you've been no slouch yourself these past couple of weeks. I've uh, you've been doing quite a few interviews, haven't you, over the uh, past couple of weeks? Yeah, it's it's been cool to get, uh, finally get back on the the, the interview grind, man. I, uh, I I was I wasn't able to line some stuff up for a couple of weeks, but then. I always had these like little periods, like when there's like these little interview slumps, and then I'm like somehow able to like just get like a string of them. But like I, I wanted to ask you, like, because I know, I like uh, I know I know initially, um, as far as NXT UK goes, I was like I, I know people weren't so like receptive, receptive to it. So I, I wanted to ask you, I was like, so what, what was your thoughts when you um when when you first saw? Because I know Alistair Black, I think his first appearance in WWE was at uh was at the NXT UK uh. The WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament. Yeah, so I was, was going to ask you, like, what, like, what, what, like, if you did, if you can't recall any thoughts that you had, like, what were you thinking, like, when you first saw him turn up in in, in WWE? Uh, primarily, what, what, primarily, what was going to be NXT UK, but it wasn't officially NXT UK at the time. Yeah, I remember that whole first tournament, and then the second one. I think um, the audio is still available. Maybe it might have been that. Not... That might have been from the live audio wrestling days, but me and Benno were quite hyped for those first two tournaments. So, yeah, we were quite excited about them. And then, yeah, that soon dissipated when we realized, <laughs> yeah, what was really going on. Yeah, but I think we were quite excited for those first two tournaments, especially seeing the likes of so, like Alistair Black. And, and, and I think uh, Pac um, Neville, as he was then, I think he was on like one of the first few shows as well. Yeah, so it's interesting to see how we've soured on our uh, our own brand in, in the, uh, <laughs> since that one. <laughs> Especially Benno. I don't know if anyone heard the last BWE, but yeah, he wasn't he wasn't happy that uh, NXT UK came back. But that's uh, that's the story for another one. But I mean, um, before we get into the wrestling side of things, um, obviously we're in two different parts of the world, aren't we? And um, over here in the UK, we've just had a bunch of new restrictions put in place for a for a variety of areas. I mean, where I live, we can still go out to bars and shops, uh, etc. but you can't mix indoors with other people other than people that are in your household. I was going to ask you, Andrew, where are you at in terms of, like, restrictions and what you can and can't do um, in terms of, like, what you can and can't do where about where you live in America? I, I think it's been, like, pretty much, the, like, the same for the, for the most part as far as, like, the restrictions and the, you know, the precautions and stuff like that for the past. I would say it's been the same for, like, the past two months or so, like, of course, you know, you still got your, your select few that's out here still in these large group parties and yeah. stuff like that. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, pe people, like at the end of the day, I'm not going to be one of those people that's going to be like, you know, all, all up in, in people business. But I mean, at the same time, like, you know, pe people going to do what they do. Like you can't control that. But like, I, I don't think it's smart at all. Cause I don't think people are legit taking this serious. And I, and I think that's just a, a like a product of, people not taking something seriously until it happens to them or somebody close to them. You know what I'm saying? Like until, until it hit, until it hits mm -hmm. home, then I think that's when people start like really taking it seriously. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, people will to do what they do, but um, yeah, it, it's pretty much the same thing. As far as here in America goes, I think everybody is honestly just waiting for uh, election day. Cause that's about to be a, uh, that, that's, that's about to be a date, Martin. 
<laughs> that's be <laughs> yeah so, but the whole uh, world i think i think everyone's yeah. looking in that and the whole world's looking on what's going to happen with that but yeah it's i mean it all looked like uh it wasn't going to go trump's way last time didn't it but obviously that um those polls always fool everyone don't they man uh look i don't think it like i i think i like gen- like genuinely just to get on the topic for a little bit i think if like if 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 Biden wins, I I think that we're going to see like just a a crazy surge of heightened racism to the level that we probably haven't seen like in in a while. Like and, and it's it's already terrible out here as far as it, just speaking about racism. But I think just the the people who blindly support Trump, I think is the white is, is the way to put it, and they are uh, their, their their beliefs about people of color and just the way the world should work uh that that is incited by his his words and and what he promotes i i think if he gets voted out of office i think that's going to incite them to you know feel 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 the need to proceed how they how they will as far as taking action i guess because i mean i've even seen like a couple videos of like some of these you know redneck dudes you know southern southern Mm. pride dudes who you know they making these threats and not even vague threats, like just saying they calling for a war if, you know, if uh if he gets voted out of office and all this, you know, chitter chatter and stuff like that. But yeah, man. Now I I ain't mean to get uh all, all into that, you know, for the rest of the podcast, but still it, it, it needed to be said, man. So No, completely. Yeah, agree. Cool, cool. It, it, it needs to be said, mate. And it's it's not just in America, I feel I feel like this sort of like um this has sort of happened a bit more over the world. You've seen sort of like smatterings of it, like it sort of maybe started in America and now it seems to be drifting more sort of like around the world as well. So yeah, it's um scary times we're living in really, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt. But uh I hope I hope people went out and uh you know, voted. You know. I'm 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 not saying that like that that that, that like simply changes everything, you know, but you know, at, at least go out and, you know, cast your vote and stuff like that because uh, I, 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 another four years old boy, man. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 no. I mean, yeah, I we definitely know, don't want that. Yeah, on this show, that's for certain. But um, I was going to ask you because um, obviously we've been talking about sort of like uh, restrictions and like uh, restrictions in various areas around the world. But um, I mean, uh, just to say that this is the show we're recording a week before it drops on the BWE feed, and uh, we had a bunch of wrestling shows drop from the collective this past weekend. I mean, did you yes. did you get a chance to check out any of those? I it's, it's, it's the shows they usually have over WrestleMania weekend, didn't it? And and they sort of decided to do them um, this year, even not leaving until next year. But um, it's not something that I really managed to check out because I was really busy this weekend. Um, but uh, did you get a chance to check out any of those shows that are happening over in America? I, I, I think I got to see three. Yeah, I think I got to see three shows. I watched uh, For the Culture. I watched uh, Spring Break. And I watched, uh, I, I, caught, I caught like the, the tail end of um, Bloodsport just to see the uh, the Moxley-Chris Dickinson match. Mm. And yeah, uh, of course, of course, uh, the, I, I, I think like every, like every probably the shows that I saw at least, I think every every single last one was like really really solid and I had some really great matchups on the show. Like especially 
uh, spring break. That that sh- the spring break did went kind of long, but I I, th- I think <laughs> it was a, a a good show. Talk about them, like especially the uh, the the Leo Rush a- ACH match that that had that happened on that show. Like I, I think I I think like the significance of that match like was like really like eye opening in a way. Like just seeing like how these two dudes, these two two black men specifically, like both were in WWE and kind of had like similar situations in terms of fallout. You know what I mean? Especially with ACH with the, you know, with the racist t-shirt situation, the blatantly racist t-shirt situation. And then you had Leo Rush who kind of, you know, went through his own trials and tribulations in WWE as far as like, basically just being misunderstood. And him yeah, he was even a... talking about quitting at one point as well. Quitting yeah. wrestling completely, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was talking about quitting. Um, But I, I'm, I'm glad he's back, man. You know, I, I, I honestly, like when he said he was quit, like uh, j- j- just in general, like, like, when I hear wrestlers say they they about to quit or they about to retire, I don't ever believe it. But like, but not yeah. like, but like, <laughs> j- but like, j- just in his sense and for his specific situation, like, I always uh, I always felt like it was just a matter of him feeling kind of outcast and it kind of had that passion for wrestling taken away from him in a way. So like, I feel like that was just his response to like feeling like that. You know what I'm saying? And ACA did the same thing until you know he came back on the Indies and you know surely but slowly but surely you know found that love again for professional wrestling so yeah it, it, it was cool to see them back uh the, the lee moriarty jonathan gresham matches really good i kind of i think they kind of um like set like a different pace for like what the rest of the collective weekend was so not not the rest of the weekend but let's say the rest of the spring break shows were um that, 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 uh, the, the rest of the shows that i saw at least like they, they kind of had like a different pace and a you know um like a different style to that match it was like more mat based more technical wrestling style type of match. So I, I really enjoyed the interaction. And then of course, uh for for the culture, just the overall significance of that show, just so many talented black performers on one card. And then uh, you know, it just just continues to show like and I it kinda goes without saying that these are some people that can be spotlighted pieces on your show, key pieces on your show, headliners on your show. Like so, you know, it's just crazy that they some of them are still uh unsigned, but you know, all they gonna come in time. You know, and, and and then if it doesn't come, they, you know, I'm pretty sure they're gonna go out and take it. So, yeah, it, it was cool to see the overall weekend. And then uh, I, I I know you probably saw some of the clips about the um the Moxley uh Dickinson match at Blood Sport. Yeah. I was gonna ask you like uh, as far like as far as Moxley um because because there were there was um there, there was a wrestler who did come out and um and, and say that he tested positive uh for COVID coming out of the collective weekend. I think it was Dan the Dad. And and there and but there were a couple of others who were also at the collective who uh, tested negative coming out of the weekend. So, you know, hopefully those results stay the same as they, you know, continue to get tested, as they say. Um, so, like, I, I think that's a... Uh, I was I was going to ask you, like, so, like, as far as, uh, you know, Moxley being the AEW world champion, of course, and, you know, he he obviously, at the time we recorded this, he did uh, defend the title against Lance Archer on, on Dynamite. Like, I was going to ask you, like, what are your thoughts about, you know, Moxley being, like, given the freedom while being the company's world champion to go, you know, perform at, at the collective over the weekend, doing knowing, like especially especially during these times. I think knowing Moxley, he's like that's how he's going to want it, isn't he? He, <laughs> <laughs> he? he wasn't coming into AEW to be treated like he was in WWF, and you can tell he really likes doing. I think um, he was in the rafters at one of the sort of like first Bloodsport shows he did, and you could. I think people were saying that they were sort of random. He was like, "Yeah, I've got to do this one year sort of thing." So yeah, you can tell that. He would be doing that no matter what um, anybody was telling him at AEW. Because I, I imagine he's probably got that freedom where he can sort of like uh, do these indie dates and maybe uh, certain New Japan shows. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think he wants to be in the situation where he's uh, being told too much to what to do again, is he? So I suppose um, perhaps he had um, a bit of freedom written into his contract. Who knows? But um, those collective shows weren't the only things happening in stateside. Um, obviously, talked a bit NBA on the last show, and obviously, Man. I don't think he was in any doubt, was it, Lakers? <laughs> Um, winning the uh, championship for the first time in a few years. Um, what, what were your thoughts on the finals? I mean, um, I watched a few of the games. Obviously, they're on at um, after clock in the morning over in the UK, like especially the ones that are in California. They're on at like 2 or 3 a.m. And, you know, when I'm working, I ain't got a chance to stay up for them. But, um, I mean, despite, um, you know, some valiant efforts from Jimmy Butler and the variety of industries the Miami team had, I mean, it was just a straight sweep uh, for the Lakers apart from those two games, wasn't it, really? Yeah, it, it it did seem like the the like initially like when the series first started, it just seemed like like the Miami was just overmatched. Like they 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 just couldn't 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 keep up with first of all the scoring power that the Lakers had, but like at, at, like towards like those two games that he won, you could like honestly, bro, it, it was Jimmy Butler to be honest with you. Like he just got fight like that dude ain't scared mm-hmm. of nothing. Like he he was ready to he was ready. You could tell he wanted it. He wanted to win. He wanted to be L.A. And um, like I, I think it was cool to see that, see that fight from Jimmy Butler. But over, like I, I'm honestly, bro, I'm, I'm glad to see LeBron get another championship. Like I, I, I think a lot of people really like, tr- like absurdly try to discredit LeBron for all that he's done in in in, in basketball. Like, th- like just thinking about, like I, I know a lot of people say like he switched teams and stuff like that. But I'm like, LeBron literally like takes any coach that is given to him and goes and wins. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like mo- most people like tend to put the blame on the coach when things go worry. You know what I mean? He kind of take whatever coach he's given like David Blatt and goes to a championship. You know what I'm saying? Multiple years. Yeah. So like, look, so like Le- LeBron is the man, bro. Like, and, th- and then on top of that, the stuff that he does for, you know, the black community outside of, uh, I mean, or off the court, like opening up his own school and providing free education for kids and like like the I think one of like one of the most underrated thing about that school that he has uh up in Ohio is that like if the kids graduate from that uh from eighth grade or high, or I think it goes through twelfth grade like if they graduate they get a a free ride to um Akron University in Ohio I think that's what it is like that's crazy like you you basically giving these kids an an an, an incentive to graduate like you graduate and you get a free ride to like one of the top colleges. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think he's, I think lots of people have benefited from that that LeBron program, haven't they? Where they've they've managed to pay for a lot of people to go to university yeah. and things like that. So yeah, I think that's a lot of times gets overlooked by people. And God, yeah, I think uh, loyalty in sports, you know, I think that died out years ago. You know, years ago, teams, bro. yeah. Because I mean, even over here in like the uh, the soccer league, you know, players move around teams all the time. So I think, oh. uh, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you. So I had saw a clip, right? Of um, yeah, I think it was it was some uh, it, it was out of some football analysts, but they were talking about uh, I think one of them had talked. He he called Tony Khan a clown or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, Jamie Carragher. About, yeah, yeah. So what, 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 what was that about? Because I, I saw I, all I saw was Tony Khan tweeted something about Fulham. And then oh, the yeah, guys, so they, they, like, um... they, they were like grilling his ass like on, on, the, on the show. 
Yeah, he'd, um, he he obviously is he the sporting director or owner of Fulham Football Club in the UK, and they'd have, a, have an absolute nightmare of a start to the season. I think Tony Khan tweeted something like, like apologising for it and all this, and it was just really embarrassing to his manager and things like that. So, yeah, um, Jamie Carragher on the... I think they removed the clip, but on the Sky Sports, which is a big sports network over mm. here, absolutely grilled him and said, like, what an embarrassment and everything he was. So, yeah... <laughs> Yeah, not a great look for Tony Khan there, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, we're not actually going that far back in time on this episode. We're only going back two years to 2018. Um, a lot we... happened, Martin. Yeah. A lot happened. <laughs> well, I know that's what I was going to get into, because obviously we're going to be talking about Impact Wrestling Slamiversary 16. And um, and it is funny, even though we're talking, you know, two years ago, a lot's changed in the wrestling landscape, especially in North America since then. I mean... Um, I mean, before we get into the show, though, I wanted to ask you about um, TNA forward slash Impact Wrestling. I mean, they don't always have the best reputation with fans, but I mean, um, have you have you been a fan of, of TNA Impact for uh, for a number of years, Andrew? I, I've always kind of like fell in and out with Impact. Like, of course, like I first discovered them like in two thousand and three, and then I've always been a fan of like the. It was more so of the talent that they had on the roster, like. You know, of course, like throughout the years, they they had the Chris Sabans and the Abysses, and like you know, I, I was like one guy I was always interested in was uh, James Mitchell, the manager. I don't know why he was just weird as hell, and I always liked that, like how he, how he got paired with Abyss, and uh, of course, you know, you got your AJ Styles and you know Christopher Daniels and stuff like that. So I, I always like you know really enjoyed the talent roster that Impact mm-hmm. had and the matches they were able to put on, and then like I think you know they had a really really bad down point. Uh, you know, when they brought in uh that 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 man who shall not be named, I, I know, I think you know who I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't I, I I ain't saying his name, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think like around that era, that's like some real bad business by Impact, like just overall from top to bottom. And uh, like I I think they really got it together once Scott Demore and Don Callis came in. Like I I really I like I genuinely don't think they get enough credit for how they like legit turned Impact around and how they've handled uh certain situations uh, um you know going into the um I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about it you know when we get into the matches but the tessa blanchard situation uh the, the the joey ryan situation you know how they handled those um and you know get, get, getting getting them both out of there and in those relationships so i mean like i i, I well well now the, the tessa blanchard situation took a minute yeah. so, you know, I, 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 a bit I had longer than a minute yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to think about that for a minute, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I think overall, like Scott Demore, Don Collins, like they they've done like a really, really good job, like turning the ship around and like getting like more positive feedback than negative on on impact. They they had some rough bumps, but I, I think you know they they did a, a good job overall. Yeah, I'm exactly the same as you. I dip in and out. I mean, I was a big fan when it was on on the wrestling channel over here in the UK, but that was years ago. We're talking about those sort of like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, uh, Chris Daniels when they kept having uh, variety of matches with each other. And then I dipped back in like sort of like 2005, 2006 for those sort of like LAX tag matches. They used to do a bunch of multi-man matches with them. <laughs> and, then, um, and then obviously the stuff they've been doing recently. But um I mean, uh, well, I'd be remiss of us not to talk about um, as of recording the show last night, Monty Brown back in back in wrestling Man. on AEW. That was incredible to wake up to this morning, seeing the video of good old Monty back uh, back in wrestling. Man, I'm telling you, Monty don't look. Monty did not age 
at all. Man, that man, look, that man, look exactly the same. It's crazy, man. It's good seeing him. Like I, like I don't think he like, you know, I, I don't think he gonna make no appearances or anything. But I, I think that you know he, I, I think it's a lot of people in the business that he's cool with. Like that, you know. Of course, seeing Lance Archer get the, you know, being able to reach to him and uh, you know, being able to get get that video from Monty. But it's it's always good seeing him, man. Like he he's like really one of those dudes who I think a lot of people would agree that said that he should have done way more in his career yeah. than what he than what he than what he did. Like I, I definitely think he should have been a world champion in TNA. I think WWE could have did more with him. He he was Marcus Corvon at WWE, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think WWE could have did more with him. But uh, yeah, it, like this is going back to Impact real quick. I kind of want to ask you this, Martin. So uh, Scott Demore he recently said on a on a media call uh, or one of those press pass things that Impact does. He said that before the pandemic happened, Impact was planning on heading over to the uh, to to the UK for a tour. Like do like just with the current roster that they have now, do, do you think uh, them coming over? Like do you think that would have been some you know something that you would have been interested in going to see live or like not really? No, well, it's interesting with their impact sort of like relationship with the UK because I mean, even when they were in their, uh, they weren't doing a great deal in America. They'd come over here and still like do pretty decent business in arenas, even up to the point when it was um, what was that uh, group that was like Loki and Samoa Joe and MVP and all them guys and then uh, uh, the 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 beat down clan. Yeah, even when it was those guys, I knew they weren't doing great business in America, but they even they came over here with those guys and they still did pretty pretty good business in arenas but um i think the last time they came over they like did it as part of some uh wrestling convention um i know benno went to it yeah and um i think he said it was it was pretty decent but i think at that level sort of like the the smaller venue similar to what the what they're doing nowadays i think i'd be quite interested it all depends on ticket prices with me these days i'm like uh, mm-hmm. yeah I ain't paying that much for that, but yeah, I'd be interested to see what the what sort of package they'd uh, put together these days. Cause obviously, they're not going to be doing the arenas in uh, 2020, 2021, but it will be interesting oh, yeah. to see them sort of like in the smaller venues, especially with the with the roster they've got these days. Yeah, they, I think Impact really does have a a solid roster. You know, I I, I think like even with you know some of their talents uh, moving on, I still think they were able to like regroup and like keep filling in filling in the pieces a little bit like i like honestly i think like even like i think ring of honor and impact have always been like a kind of similar situations like where they breed not not breed but like they really give a home to some of these talents and able to grow their star power to the point where they can go you know sign off with a bigger company and stuff like that so i i think uh i think impact has done like a you know a little, a little a, a, impact impact should get they just do man you know they 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 are I think, well, I think that's the thing with them, the, the fans have been sort of like, had so many false starts and false promises with them. I suppose it's hard to bring people back on board now, even though a lot of people are talking about like Impact being a good show this year, but I suppose some people like have, have had so many false starts with Impact TNA as a brand, you know, they, they don't quite believe it. Because, I mean, a bit of background before we get into this show, but the year before... Uh, in 2017 was the biggest mess. I mean, Anthem Sports had bought a majority stake in the company, and then we had all the stuff with Billy Corgan, the cancelled mm-hmm. brand change with GFW, and then Jeff Jarrett suing them, which is still ongoing. I mean, most still of the main... <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, he gets in everywhere, doesn't he? But I mean, most of the main event talented less, such as Drew Galloway and the Hardys. I mean, um, I mean, they, they always say that TNA Impact has, has more lives than a cat, but it really looked like it was all going under in 2017, I thought. 
Yeah, I, I remember it was even some interviews. I think it was either talent interviews or exec interviews where they, you know, they said that they legit thought, you know, that that was, you know, that that, that was probably the end. But like, and then I don't think it helped that impact. They kept switching networks, bro. They switched networks like four times, like in the past, like like throughout that like twenty sixteen to like what twenty nineteen maybe period. Like they switched networks like three times. I know they won't remember. They won't pop. And then they went to uh, they 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 went to some unknown channel, but it was like a fishing channel or something. It was yeah, terrible, pursue, bro. Pursue yeah, channel, yeah, yeah, yeah pursue channel, bro. Like, and then they was on another network, and then uh, now they on access, and you know that like I, I mean I, I like I don't think it's nothing wrong with access, but like I can't find the shit. So like I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what about the other channels? What about the fishing channel on Pop TV and all that? Are they widely available in America? Yeah, yeah, look. Let me see. About to check right now. <laughs> but I, okay, so Pop Pop TV is available. I don't know about that fishing channel, but uh, yeah, like you, you know, I, I don't think that helps either, man. Like I, like I honestly, man, I, I feel like Impact they they have like they they've had I should say bad luck with like the TV situation and getting more ass on the product. But I also think one thing that they really took to their benefit was streaming their shows on Twitch, mm. like. I think that was probably like one of the smartest moves they could have made because anybody could access Twitch and then yeah. you could just watch you could just watch the shows on there. You don't have to have access. You can watch the show live, you know, as it airs on access, but on Twitch. And I like I, I think that was like a really, really smart power play to um, you know, to to, to get more eyes on their product. Yeah, definitely. Because obviously moving into 2018 and obviously just noted early fan loyalty was an all time low with the company, but there was light on the horizon, weren't there? I mean, you know, earlier Don Callis and Scott Demore were made the executive vice presidents, and then they had some exciting new debuts with the likes of the Lucha Brothers, and then obviously going on uh, Twitch to stream events, and then um, and then I, I, I seem to remember around this point they start getting uh, better reviews from fans and sort of like wrestling sites, you know, thanks to the sort of like LAX v Lucha Bros matches and things like that. I mean, so um, I mean, going into this event, Impact had. You know, I hadn't been looking as good in in years, so it was, um, you know, it was quite an interesting time period for him. And also, I think the landscape in North American wrestling was very different now because of it. You know, it, it's very different to how it was two years ago. I mean, at this point, we were a few months out from All In, which would happen in September, and um, AEW as a proper company wouldn't be announced until early two thousand and nineteen, and. The Impact roster is quite different now than the one we'd see on this show. I mean, even Kenny Omega is the books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're still with New Japan. I mean, WWE hadn't quite signed every available name to NXT just yet. And it was a different landscape pre-AEW, yeah. I think, uh, Andrew, in 2018. Yeah, I was about to say, WWE, they were definitely making a play for the Bucks and Kenny. Yeah. Like, uh, I, they were definitely throwing out those feelers. Because, I, I mean, I, I think that's pretty much open that, you know, they were offering them or, or looking to offer them a deal. Like I, I think, uh, what, what what was that, Mark? Was that uh, was that 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 was twenty nineteen when uh when Omega before Wrestle Kingdom before the Tanahashi match he 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 came out and did that interview with Tokyo Sports and said that he was a free agent oh, and I yeah, think that's I that, that yeah. I, and and I think that was when a lot of people were like well of course he's dropping IWGP Heavyweight Title first of all so that kind of ruined the main event but like but like I I think like that that was probably like one of the big things because like i think people were because i thought because i know AEW they announced on uh new year's day of, of 2019 and then i, I everybody I think everybody kind of knew that wwe was going to try to make a run for omega and I, and I don't think he announced anything until like i think maybe a, a month or so after 
after that after that whole deal. And then that's when, you know, of course, he went to AEW. But I, you know, it, it, it was it's crazy, like, getting back to the point which you said it. I kind of went off into the tangent just now. But, uh, like, getting back to what you just said, it's, it's crazy looking at this roster, man. Like, uh, John Morrison, Phoenix, Taiji Shimori, uh, Ali, Eddie Edwards, Tommy Dreamer, Brian Cage, Matt Seidel, you know, LAX, Eddie Kingston. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's crazy looking at this roster now, seeing what some of these people are. Yes, I mean... Um... Just to get into the event, and it was held on the 22nd of July at the Rebel Complex in Toronto. Uh, venue looked pretty good, I thought. I mean, full full crowd, not sure uh, what the numbers were. I don't think they were ever officially released. But this crowd was hot all night, weren't they? I mean, a pretty decent-looking venue here, I thought. Yeah, it, it, it was it was a solid crowd, man. I, I like, I, like, I, I kind of like this, uh, like the stage setup, like when the fans are like, be- like not, not below the stage, but like they're like, they're they're not eye level with the stage. Like the stage is always above them. Like I always like that. It's, it's like a cool setup because it makes them like they reaching up all the time, like to get high fives and stuff. I don't know, but I, I like the little production stuff like that. But like, I, and I also like the um, like the way they the the way they shot it, like on the wide shot for the matches. Like it was just like one big glimpse at the at the, at the venue, so you could see everything and you could see like the stage. And like I, it was just cool to see the way they shot it. But I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the way they had to since the venue was kind of like you know packed in a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, using your uh, hard cam is something that a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of indies need to learn from. You know, no one wants to see all these uh, smeared camera lenses and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, uh, hats off to uh, Impact for uh, relying on their hard cam here. But, um, I mean, great intro here from the uh, late gate Barry Scott, I thought. Um, obviously, yeah, he's, man. Uh, iconic with TNA with that voiceover, isn't he? Yeah, I, I was just going to mention that. I'm, I'm glad you, uh, you brought that up. But yeah, Barry Scott, he passed away, what was that, last month? Yeah, it was earlier this year, wasn't it? Yeah, it, I think it was last month or so, and he passed away. So, uh, you know, of course, condolences to, you know, his loved ones. But uh, Barry Scott was crazy good on these, man, like these intros and stuff like that. I, I, I see why Impact, you know, had, had him back and, you know, throughout the years and kept bringing him back to do these spots. And on commentary, we've got Josh Matthews and Don Callis. Um, pretty good pair, I think. They work well together. Josh yes. Matthews, obviously, out of the sort of like WWE school, and then Don Callis is more sort of like relaxing to the point. But I thought they work well as a as a pair of commentary here. Let, let, let me ask you this, man. Do you think do you think Don Callis gets credit for the for being a good commentator? Because I, I I I really think he is like a really really good commentator, especially when he was working with Kevin Kelly in New Japan. Like, I, I, I do you think Don Callis ever like got the credit that? you know, that he that he should get for being as good a commentator as he is. Yeah, no, yeah. Um I think he got some flack, didn't he, for maybe putting himself over a bit too much. But that's <laughs> that's, uh, that's him with the heel commentary. We used to get that from Jesse Ventura and maybe sometimes Bobby the Brain Heenan. But yeah, I think he's I think he's done a cracking job in uh, in New Japan and uh, and Impact. And yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think he does get uh, the sort of like props he deserves to being um, a quality commentator. Like I, I was going to add, like, you know, with that, you know, for for him to be able to maintain some resemblance or some feeling of excitement going into that, he knows the finish. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like he, cause he's booking the show. Like, so he knows what's going to happen. So I'm pretty sure that's not something that you, you know, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it can take away some, like a bit of excitement, but like he managed to like keep throughout for this show specifically was like able to keep the intensity up. And like you know, kind of play up of the like the fact that he didn't know what was going to happen. And I, no, I, I think that's a you know that, that's a, 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 a like a a real like grade A skill set for a commentator to have, especially if they know the finish to a match or they know what's going to happen. 
Yeah, definitely. Because I know a few commentators have said that they don't want to know the finishers, especially yeah. people like JR and stuff, so it comes as a surprise to them. Um, what's also surprising is um, this is the first time I've watched this show. I'd never watched it at the time. and anyway, I was kind of one of them TNA fans that were like, oh, no, I'm done with them for good. Sort of <laughs> Even though, it was, you know, the likes of Benno and everyone were telling me they were good shows. Um, but all the storylines leading into them. I mean, lots of video packages leading into every match. I mean, we'll go through each one as we talk about each match. But, um, yeah, they've done a, a really good job at building up each match here. Maybe not apart from the opener, but every other match, I, I thought, had a, a good story behind it. Yeah, Impact, they they did a good job on the, the lead-up to this show to make sure that, you know, the the, the storylines kind of had a payoff, per se. I mean, I, I ain't saying all of them was good, because it's, it's, a, it's a couple duds in here, but, you know, it it, it happens. But I I think I think they did a good job as far as the video, about as far as the video package and stuff goes. Martin, are you one of those, uh, you one of those video package guys, like you love the intros and stuff like that, because I'm one of those people. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially if it's done really well. I mean, some of the, <laughs> I mean, one of the, we'll get into it later, but one of the matches had me howling with laughter at the video package, but we'll get into that one later. But uh, yeah, I'm a big oh. fan of sort of like a really well done video package. Martin, do you remember uh, around this time, like, like when there were like these little rumblings, uh, that, that, that Don Callis was going to try to get Chris Jericho to come to impact. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And I also worked with Ian on uh, Jericho's <laughs> podcast as well. I mean, we can get into yeah. it in the first match as well with uh, Ishimori's involvement, but it seemed to be that Don Callis was expecting some kind of like New Japan working relationship. And then he was also yes. Yes. making out like Jericho was going to come in cause, just because they were friends from uh, back in the day, weren't they? Yeah, see, he, Don Callis was the one that set up the Omega Jericho match. Like, he the one that got that put in motion. So I, I think that I think that's where it kind of stemmed from, and and of course Don Callis, he he not gonna come on Twitter and 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 be like and shoot it down, like he gonna let that sit out there just for the curiosity of it, you know what I mean? So like it, it like let, let, let me let me ask you this hypothetically, right? Do, do you think it would have hurt Chris Jericho's legacy had he went to Impact and did anything with them? Oh, I don't know. It's a, yeah, I, I kind of think they still, compared to New Japan, and then AEW was the new big thing on the street, weren't it? I still, it's still, and especially in Jericho's head, it might have seemed like um, sort of like a, a step back for him. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't think Chris Jericho would ever come out and say that because he cool with Don Callis, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely think that was his mindset because because I, I know we talked about it all here. This was the year that he wrestled Omega at um at Wrestle Kingdom, right? That year, and then I know I think you remember. Uh, what was it? A couple weeks after that, he was on WWE. He made an appearance at the uh, on the Raw show, and he did the he did the cameo backstage with Elias. Oh yeah, and, and uh, it was supposed to be on one of the uh, Saudi was it the Saudi shows as well? If memory serves yeah, correctly, they fetched yeah, him back for that he, as well. But not no, he was. I think he was. That that was April of twenty eighteen, right? The Greatest yeah. Royal Rumble. He did. He wasn't. He was in the. He was in the fifty man. Uh, Royal Rumble, I think he was number fifty and got probably like one of the biggest pops on, on, on the show. On the <laughs> show, but yeah, something because there were no pops on that show. But um, wasn't yeah, wasn't he supposed to come in and have a big match with Undertaker or something? And then after the New Japan stuff, yeah, he, which apparently he cleared yeah. with Vince, and then and then all of a sudden he was reduced down to the fifty man Rumble. Yeah, so yeah, that was a weird year. Like now that you you mentioned, I forgot all about that. But yeah, Jericho worked the Omega match. He made the appearance on WWE. Uh, like well, dog, that was like oh, what was that like two weeks after Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah, like that, that, that was, that like was that, yeah. yeah, that that was around that. And then I, I know he was supposed to do something else on that Raw show, but they just reduced them to a backstage segment. Um, 
and then uh yeah he came back and he did the uh the greatest Royal Rumble or, or maybe that was 2017 I I really can't call it WWE greatest Royal Rumble um but yeah yeah he, he did that and uh yeah he was supposed to yeah that that was 2018 I just checked that yeah, that was 2018 so yeah that was the same year and then he was supposed to wrestle the Undertaker on that show in a casket match mm. but uh they they swapped him out for Rusev and Native English. So yeah, and then you know he went on to uh, he went back to New Japan, I think, and then he faced who, who who did he face at at Dominion that year? Did he wear evil? Uh, yeah, it was either evil or Naito, wasn't it? I think yeah, yeah. He, he, or Naito was maybe at Wrestle Kingdom next year. But I think going back to Jericho in Impact, I think yeah, I think um, he wouldn't say so. And obviously, they even mentioned on commentary at one point during this show that uh, Jericho was a. Uh, watching it at home or whatever. And, and, uh, <laughs> and obviously he'd used a lot of it, you know, his friendship with Jericho. But yeah, I don't think he would have ever seriously thought about coming into the company. Maybe do another Fozzie gig. I think there was a Fozzie video on a on an Impact like a few years back. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't do anything more than that, I don't think. It's, it's, it's a... As a step back, but I suppose moving away from Jericho and onto this uh, first match because there's a lot to unpack in this first match. It's um, Peter Williams against Johnny Impact against Ishimori against uh, Phoenix, and obviously Rich One was supposed to be in this one, but um, I think he'd got a concussion the week before uh, for MLW, mm-hmm. and so they fetched uh, Peter Williams back in. I mean, um, Peter Williams um, didn't get um, as much credit, I think, because obviously everyone's using his finisher now as a transition move on a lot of indie shows. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I remember at the time when he sort of like first sort of like come up through the indies and he'd do a sh- lot of shows in the UK and it was all leading around that uh, big Canadian destroyer finisher. And I used to think like um, he was always really exciting to watch, but he never sort of like quite clicked for him outside of Impact. And then obviously we had Phoenix as part of the Lucha Underground relationship. Ishimori is the interesting one, though, because obviously he just yes. debuted um, the Bone Soldier gimmick with New Japan. But um, mm-hmm. I think he already had these dates with Impact. So obviously that's Don Callis coming in and, you know, making sure he's he's fulfilling his dates here, I think. Yeah, because it's Taiji Ishimori. He was doing some work with Impact uh, before he debuted. With New Japan and when they're doing the Bone Soldier thing, he was already working with them. So I think he, yeah, I, I think that was just the case. He had already had these dates lined up, and he had to fulfill, you know, those commitments. Because because wasn't before um, what was Taiji Shimori before he was um in New Japan? Was he in Pro Wrestling Noah? Was yeah, that where he was, he was in at? Noah. He was famously in Noah for years, yeah, and then I think right. he'd done a few spots in New Japan and things like that, best of the Super Juniors and the like. But yeah, he had a lot of great matches in Noah, and I think they'd had a loose connection with Nower Impact maybe in 2000 yeah they did and that it, it they did from that didn't it yeah because I, I know um what, what was that last last bound for glory then uh Marafuji then he wrestled uh yeah. he wrestled so I, I can't remember who he wrestled I think it was I want to say Moose at the 2019 bound for glory I, I can't remember but I, I know he wrestled at that at that show so I know they do have a relationship with Noah but going back to Ishimori like he Ishimori had like a good a, a good little stretch here man like I know he was in the best of the super juniors that year what wasn't he or was that the following yeah, no, year he was in no he was in this year as well yeah okay yeah he, he was in there and uh you know of course he was revealed as the bone soldier so yeah he, I think Ishimori had a little you know he had a good he had a good solid year right here man but dude like I'm telling you Phoenix I'm t- like he he like I swear Phoenix could be like one of the biggest stars in pro wrestling. Like he he really could. Like he like you. I don't even think Mike Skills factors in, into 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 anything with that as far as he goes. Like I think his 
athleticism and his creative moveset will like literally take him to the top. And you can look, dude, you can say the same thing about John Morrison for real, for real. Like, especially what he's doing on WWE TV right now. I don't think he's doing really much of anything. A man over here getting squashed by Otis yeah. uh, on, 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 on a weekly basis. But like, I, I just think that this, this match specifically and, and of course his impact title run, like it just showed you like how good of a wrestler Morrison is. Like if you just let him go out there and just do what he does, like th- this whole match was just filled with like good spats and like just very talented wrestlers. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean it was an opener, weren't it? It was as good of a stunt show as you're gonna get. I thought uh, Pete Williams was a good substitute for Rich Swan, and then um, yeah, I mean ob- obviously you're gonna get Chris moves from the likes of Phoenix and stuff. I mean, do you think Phoenix is slightly underutilized in AEW? Because we've all seen him have these oh, yeah. matches on the Indies, and then and do, you, do you think they like bubble him in under for something else, or do you think he's found his sort of like place now in AEW? You 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 want know crazy about that, Martin? I don't know if you saw. Uh... But uh, Kenny Omega had, had did an interview, and he, and he said that exactly what you just said. He feels like um, Pentagon Phoenix, Pentagon and Phoenix are underrepresented in AEW. He he he's at first at first he said no. He said he did he didn't want to say underutilized, but I mean I think he kind of you know basically said that. But he said underrepresented because I guess he didn't want to say under underutilized, but. Yeah, I'm, like I do, I think Pentagon and Phoenix they're just like miscast right now. Like I don't like I, I think they're doing some good stuff with Eddie Kingston, but I feel like Kingston is kind of like shining out on his own. Mm-hmm. And like I think he, I think the direction that is going right now, it, it isn't officially announced, but I think everybody can kind of see the signs that it's probably going, it's going to be him versus Mox at full gear in the AEW World Title match, probably like in a, and you know, in a, in a in a in a street fight or I quit match or something like that, something along those lines. But yeah, I, I think uh, Pentagon and Phoenix, man, I feel like they could be doing so much more. But um, I know I know they're gonna be wrestling each other in that uh, that tournament that starts oh, yeah. next week in AEW. So I, I think that's gonna be a real good match. But like, I honestly, do like I I think Phoenix should go over Pentagon in, in in that match. Like I feel like I feel like there's more 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 stretch room, more leg room with Phoenix because like I think Pentagon kind of and there's there's no knock on Pentagon, but I feel like he relies on the 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 the, the the pageantries of his yeah exactly that he, he relies on that a lot as far as his character goes and I feel like Phoenix can just go out there and just like put on like a killer match you know what I'm saying like exactly what you need and like I, like honestly bro like I, I feel like of course of course uh Pac being stuck in the UK I feel like that kind of really put a damper on the plans that AEW had for that Death Triangle group yeah. Yeah, I totally agree there. And um, yeah, I've always thought that Phoenix is a slightly better wrestler than Pentagon, but Pentagon's yeah. characters, uh, <laughs> characters a lot more sort of domineering than Phoenix, isn't he? But um, Johnny Impact got the got the win following a Starship Pain on this. And like I noted before, this was um, sort of like a good stunt show, you know, spot fest, everyone got the shit in. And then um, we had a we had a package up next. Um, we had the OGs. Um, with Kingston complaining mm-hmm. about uh, Conan handling handing the name over, and then Kingston was absolutely brilliant here, saying that they'll burn the name and piss all over the ashes of LAX. And I thought he's always so good as the mouthpiece. I mean, once the bell rings, maybe not so much. I mean, he's okay in brawls and things like that, but as a mouthpiece, he's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I definitely think Eddie Kingston is like he's he's always been like just a a standout, and I and I, I know he he like. As far as the UK scene goes, and, and, and you know, you, you guys over there, I think he really endeared himself mm. to to the UK fan base, especially with some of the indies that he did over there, and just like you know, from, from just from just from what you hear online, you know, being so relatable, and you know, just speaking to people, and you know, not coming off as a 
a big deal, even though he is, you know what I'm saying? Just like, I think he really endeared himself to the UK fan base too. And like, of course the, the US fan base as well. But yeah, Eddie Kingston, the man, bro. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk more about the OGs, the LAX, when the match comes up, because up next we had uh, Tessa Blanchard against Alien. Man, my, 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 let, 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 me, let me just chime in. I ain't mean to cut you off, brother, but like, let, let me let me just chime in here real quick. Like, uh, I, I, like the, the, the match was cool, right? Yeah. But 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 let, let's let's talk about the elephant, like because look, the the the, the the match was all right. Look, ain't nobody. I I ain't really care for the match. Look, the match was good. Okay, it was it was good. But like, dude, like I I think around this period of time, I, and I think I think you'll agree with me, and I kind of want to get like your your immediate reaction. Like, I I think everybody was kind of agreeing that Tessa Blanchard was probably one of the best wrestlers in the world, and probably the best female wrestler in the world at this time. Yeah, and she'd only just signed. Um, I think it was just for this match. She just signed a, a full time contract with uh, with Impact. Mm. Yeah, and and like it, it's it's crazy because like all that got blown off by her. You know what I'm saying? Like had literally had the world in her hands, like legit, and she like threw that all away. Like, cause I like, and, and the crazy thing is, like, I, I know you remember on the day. Uh, the day before that hard to kill pay per view when she was supposed to win the title, I think it was hard to kill, and she tweeted out she was like, "Oh, oh how come I'm not getting support from my fellow, 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 fellow women and stuff like that?" And then everybody just blew her ass up right on the spot and, and called her out for the stuff that she's done to people. And then I think the thing that really put the nail in the coffin, as far as like people liking her goes, was when La, La Rosa, was when Addison K came out and said that she uh, called La Rosa Negra the, the, the N-word in Japan, and then La Rosa came out and, and, and backed the situation, and well, back what uh, K said, so, like, I think that really did her in, but yeah, man, it, it's crazy, because, like, like, dude, you, you, like, you can't wrong people your whole life, or most of your life, or most of your career, or whatever it may be, whatever circumstance it is, and then think it's not gonna come back Cause it will like, like, like all, all, all the dirt that people do onto other people as it, as it seems on Tessa Blanchard, like all that stuff is going to come back. So like, I, I, I just think it is, it, it's like real, real crazy to see like the, the turnaround within the span of a year or so that happened as far as her career goes. Cause like she was, I, I think everybody was legit praising Tessa Blanchard and I was one of them yep. pra- praising her saying like, I thought she was like probably the one of the like legit, one of the best wrestlers in the world. And then, come to find out, you know, that she did all these things to other people and, you know, she had these racial comments to say about La Rosa Negra and calling her out her name and, you know, spitting on people and all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just all that disrespectful, childish stuff. But, like, it's crazy to me to see, like, the how she was perceived here and then, like, how she's perceived now. Oh, yeah, definitely. I completely agree. I think they were all sort of, like, you know, saying, oh, she needs to be on a bigger platform. And yes. Why don't WWE sign, you know, especially with the family name and things like that. And then obviously all that stuff came out. And then, you know, what's happening with her now with like, she didn't turn up to, she didn't do some tapings in a house or something, some promos. And so like um, Impact have, have gotten rid of her. And it seems nobody else wants to touch her with a barge pole, do they? I mean, um, obviously on top of all the stuff you've said, it, it seems like she's just not well liked in the industry whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, nah, hundred percent agree. I know she um she did the the Warrior Wrestling show not too long ago, but they only did that so she could drop the title to Kylie Ray. Yeah, they 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 only brought her back for that. And like she she wasn't even on the poster, bro. Like they they had her likeness yeah. on the poster. Like they had like a silhouette of her, but Kylie Ray was the one that was like actually shown on the poster. So I think that kind of like let you know 
you know, and, 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 of, and of course, Warrior Wrestling, they're not going to come out and be like, you know, like, oh, we don't want to associate with I mean, you, I, I think people can kind of take a hint for, for what it is. But I mean, I mean, they, they, they promoted her as the, as the diamond or something like that to keep it partial, I guess. But yeah, they, they only bought, I mean, it seems like they only brought her back to, you know, have her, have her drop the title. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I, I I I think it's a it's a risky thing trying to sign to the match. Like me personally, like I, I think once you cross that racial line, like well, not even think once you cross that that racial line for me, like you 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 you, you scrap for me. Mm. But like you know, I'm pretty sure there's other companies out there who wouldn't mind you know t- taking her in. So you know, it, we 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 gonna see. But like you said, it's it's for, for right now. It just seems like companies are like very hesitant because they. Now, for for real, for real, to be to be to be like completely real with you, Martin, and for those that's listening, like I don't even think it's more so of they legit care what she did. I think it's just more so they don't want that backlash. To be honest with you, yeah, I completely agree. I think most wrestling promoters are happy to look the other way on anything, can't they? But uh, in these times, where especially. With social media, nobody wants that uh, right. backlash. How do you, before we move on to the next match, how do you feel about the way Impact handled that? Because it all came out that weekend, didn't it? And then she won yeah. the title <laughs> on the Sunday. And how do you feel? Do you feel like they should have backtracked on it? Or they were just like, well, we've got all these plans. We'll just sort of full steam ahead. Because it was all that weekend, all that stuff came out. And it was, you know, and I don't know whether Impact handled it the best. Yeah, I, I don't think they handled it the best situation. Like they, they were in a very bad predicament because especially the timing of that situation. Like it was literally the day before the pay per view, and then they, I, I, I don't remember they pulled her from the media scrums. Um, like the like a couple hours. Like, yeah, the day before the pay per view, they pulled her from the media scrums. Is all that stuff uh, came came to the light. But yeah, Impact they was in a situation like I feel like that was the long term plan to have her win the world title, and then the day before the pay per view, she getting out as a racist. You know what I mean, and and, and as a uh, and as a bully and, and you know all that type of stuff. So, you know, I, I think they were in a weird situation. I don't I don't think they handled it well because they kind of got ignored. And then she did a she did a post match promo. Um, and, and and me and Nate talked about this on the Hard to Kill um, Hard, Hard to Kill post show that we did for Post, and we got got into the got into that whole that whole deal and like how she kind of like didn't address the situation that happened, but she kind of like addressed it in character. And like try to play up the whole, you know, you know, uh, like I, I can't remember like verbatim what she said, but it was like she was like really in character with it, and like tried to like push it off to the side and say that you know, basically, you know, she worked hard to where she is, and you know, all that, all that bullshit right there. But you know, it it it, it, it was just weird to see, like you know, overall, just how this whole situation turned out and how impact uh, handled, you know, handled the situation. What what, what did you think about like how they you know, basically waited until it got like really, basically waited until they got really bad until, you know, they decided to take the title off her. I think, yeah, I think that whole wrestling mentality of, oh, we'll do full steam ahead and everyone will forget about it is is gone now. You know, I mean, everyone remembers this stuff and everyone will remind you about it and everyone will sort of like attack you on social media for sort of like continuing to book people like that. So I think that whole period of it, oh we'll just keep going with this and everyone will forget about it soon enough and right. when it's something as strong as strongly as this you know people aren't going to forget about it in a hurry are they like i i think it's kind of the same thing like and you can even compare it to some of the stuff now like you got uh guys like austin theory and velveteen dream that were named and speaking out you know what i mean that's like constantly on television and i, I and and i think that's just a thing of like you know 
people don't forget about stuff like that. Nobody forgets that stuff. Like, it just doesn't go away. Speaking Out wasn't even that long ago. That was, like, four months ago, five months ago. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I think it's just a similar situation uh, as far as, like, the the how things are handled and stuff like that. And even you go far as back as Hulk Hogan and how WWE, well, I said his name, God damn it. But, um, yeah, but you, like, said similar situation like that, how WWE, like, they kind of, they they, they 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 reprimanded him for the backlash and i don't think they reprimanded him for exactly what he said you know what i'm saying i, yeah. I think it was just more so of like we got to react because it's bad mm-hmm. so we got to get him out of here and then look lo and behold they brought him back and he's hosting wrestlemania and all this you know all that stuff so yeah i mean i i, I think i think just overall in professional wrestling like thing, things need to get handled swiftly like i i know that's easy to say from a position where i'm not in that position to make that decision but i i think things need to get better as far as like making these quick decisions that i like it just clear cut like they, they need to be made and they need to be let go and then especially going back to the tessa blanchard situation like how she kept releasing these statements and you know the denying you know that she said the n-word when the person who she allegedly said it to came out and backed it and she and she and she wasn't even the one to put that information out there she just came out and backed yeah. it because she you know she wanted her story out there so i mean it, it was just a it was it was a crazy situation man but impact when, when did they uh terminate her contract what was that that was over the summer right yeah it was a couple of months ago wasn't it right yeah so yeah hopefully uh it's but you know we won't see her in impact again. But I mean, we um, moved on to on the show. We had uh, an interview with Moose backstage. Um, obviously, Moose previous to this had been around ROH for a while and then signed with Impact. Um, that was a decent promo for me, Andrew. I'm not that um, not really follow Moose's career that closely. But, um, <laughs> was he was he a memorable member of, of, of the NFL? He used to play for the Falcons, right? Nah, he I, 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 like you, you. You know how it is, man. Like. I, it was kind of, it's kind of the same thing with like dudes like Baron Corbin, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like they, they, you know, they, they have the, the NFL tagline to their name, but they didn't really like do like, you know, anything super crazy as far as the legal, like they, like they, they, they were on the practice squad or, you know, they, they were on the team, but like, they didn't do anything like, you know, they didn't make any like pro bowls or, you know, things like that. Like I think, you know, impact, I think they have a, no will no relationship with uh 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 D'Angelo Williams uh that used to play for the the Pittsburgh I think I hope I didn't get his name his name wrong but yeah D'Angelo Williams that played for the Pittsburgh that played for the uh Pittsburgh Steelers and played for the Carolina Panthers like he 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 had he did some work with Impact and he teamed with Moose I think or he worked with Moose on Impact because yeah. they tried to play up the uh the NFL background but I, I don't I don't think Moose did like anything you know crazy in the NFL but he he was in the NFL though. Yeah, he did enough to get a to get a picture that they kept showing you on this over and over again of him in his uh, in his Falcons journey. <laughs> <laughs> showed you, I think they showed you that about ten times on this. But um, yeah, we'll get more into Moose later to the main event because uh, match three we had Tommy Dreamer against Eddie Edwards, and uh, I, I do remember uh, listening about this and, and seeing clips of it because obviously leading into this story, it was Eddie Edwards slowly going mad and insane through his feud with Sammy Callahan, which. Um, 
which all started with that really controversial baseball oh, bat yeah. to the eye. I don't know if you remember that, but there was a that was a big shit storm at the time, weren't it? Of the slagging Callahan off and saying he was you know unsafe to work with, and then they obviously turned it into the angle with Eddie Edwards going insane at um, Sammy Callahan, and which subsequently turned into this match with Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I I remember that vividly when that when that whole story first came out about uh you know Sammy the I I, I think the uh, he he hit the chair, mm. and then the baseball bat just ricocheted off the chair and then hit uh, Eddie in the eye like that. For real, for real, bro. I, I think that could have been way way worse than what it would what actually happened. Of course, yeah. Eddie was able Eddie was able to make a full recovery, and he you know he's still with Impact to this day. And I I think him him and Sammy you know buried the hatchet and you know everything all good now. But like, dude, I, I think that could have been so much worse than like what actually happened. And, and he and he got it bad. Oh, yeah, he definitely did. And it's like you say, it could have been a lot worse. But I do remember they turned it into this ang- angle um, with Eddie Edwards going mad. Um, but just before we get into I mean, this was the usual plunder match. There was some decent stuff in it. I mean, I've I've got to be honest, I've never been the biggest Tommy Dreamer fan, even in ECW. And um, mm-hmm. I really didn't need to be seeing him hobble out there in 2018. But I, I, really, <laughs> I felt like the crowd kept this one afloat, though. I mean, they were red hot for everything all over the show. And then especially this one. I mean, you even had spots like Dreamer stealing a fan's ECW title and hitting Edwards with it. And um, I, That was cool. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be because, like, I just know there I'm not the biggest uh, Tommy Dreamer fan, especially sort of like past 1999. But um, yeah, I thought it was a, a decent little plunder match. Obviously, we had a lot better to come on down the line. I mean, um, Edwards uh, won the match, and even had his wife coming out to calm him down, and then Dreamer sort of handed over the kendo stick to uh, to Eddie, like a sort of passing of the hardcore torch. But um, what were your thoughts on on this match? Uh, pe- people like blood. <laughs> I, think, I, I, I think that I think that's like mostly what it was. Like people like saying people do crazy stuff in the ring, so I think that was just a majority. Uh, you know what it was like. I like, I ain't gonna lie. I I, I didn't remember the uh, the the lighter fluid spot. I kind of got amped for that. I was like, oh, he about to put him through a flaming table, and I was ready for that. But they didn't do it. But you know, it is what it is. But um, like they the impact they they love doing these uh these storylines with Alicia Edwards. Like when it seems like Eddie Edwards thinks she's like flirting with another man on the roster. Like they did that recently with Ace Austin. For like a little bit, like they, and and I know they did it again when they thought, uh, you know, when Eddie thought she was messing with Tommy Dream or she was messing with Sammy Callahan. I'm like, damn, they 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 just be throwing Alicia Edwards into these random storylines. <laughs> but yeah, but, but but yeah, man, uh, just just for the match overall, like I think it was a, a decent match. Like I don't think it was anything, you know, grandiose, but you know, I, I think it was good for what it was considering, you know, what what you know what they were working with. Oh yeah, definitely. Because um, up up next was um, a match I was, I was far more interested in. We had a uh, Matt Seidel against Brian Cage for the X Division title, and um, Seidel yeah. obviously got a, in a lot of trouble in Japan. Uh, so sort of lost his spot in New Japan, I think, uh, the year before, and then seemed to be in the wilderness for a while. And then he came into Impact with uh, this sort of like path to enlightenment character and talking about uh, the third eye and and I think uh, we he, got, he, he he got caught with some weed on him in a Japanese airport, didn't he? Yeah, I think I think <laughs> what that was. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was, like cause I, I was wondering. I was like, oh yeah, I think he got caught. Yeah, I, I, I remember he talked about this doing a podcast. Um, yeah, he he got he got caught with weed on him in a, in a Japanese airport. 
But yeah, it was an airport in Japan. I, I hate saying that Japanese airport, but like yeah, airport in Japan. So yeah, yeah and, that, and that shit does not fly in Japan. Just ask Paul McCartney out of the Beatles. I think he got banned from there for um, for a year or so. And so yeah, if Matt Seidel does it, yeah, then he's going to be getting banned from there. And um, yeah, he'd come into impact, hadn't he? And I think we all understood that this enlightened character meant that he was uh, <laughs> engaging in some herbal remedies, I think uh, is the best way to put it. And um and I think Cage had been sort of like in and out of Impact. He'd made a, a few appearances. Uh, obviously, both these guys are with AEW now. Um, but I just wanted to get your thoughts, Andrew, on Cage. Um, it's unlikely that he's going to be passing any wellness uh, things in WWE. Uh, but, I mean, do you think he should be a, a bigger star than he is now? I know they're doing a lot more with him in AEW. But um, he always seems like he's been, you know, because obviously he's a big guy who does all the flippy stuff and that. And he's got quite a lot of intensity around him. Do you think he should be further on in his career than he, he currently is? Uh, no, nah, man, I, I think Cage is exactly where he needs to be or exactly where he should be. Like, I, I think he's doing some like some solid stuff with AEW and he's like fitting really well with the team tags and stuff like that. I only like see I, I think just the thing is like when he was in impact, right? Cage was like when he had his world title running, of course it is exhibition title. Like he he Cage is a great wrestler. Like but the thing is when he was in impact, Cage is a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when he go to AEW, yeah, I mean yeah, you were you a big fish, but now you in an ocean full of yeah. just talented wrestlers who you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, no, and that's no offense to him, but talented wrestlers who are better than you in the ring and are more popular. You know what I'm saying? So I think, and, and Cage is popular in his own right. And, 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 you know, he's a great wrestler in his own right. But like when you're surrounded around that, it kind of makes it hard to stand out, even though he does stand out with his look. Uh, But like, I think it's kind of like, I kind of related back to kind of Nick Aldis in a way. Like I remember Nick, Nick Aldis did an interview recently when he was like, he could have went to AEW. Uh, if the money was right, and and I, and I do I do believe him when he said that, but I think that's more of a, of a of a positioning standpoint from him because like I think Aldis is a big fish in a small pond as far as the NWA goes. Like he's the man as far as the National Wrestling Alliance. He represents the brand. He is the brand. You go to AEW and you compare Nick Aldis's ring work in ring work to a Phoenix or a Pentagon or Omega or a Page. Like, do do you do you really think Nick Aldis is gonna like really truly stand out in the national? I mean, in, in, in all of the wrestling, if he would have went there, like I, I think he probably, I think he would, I think he would do well, but I don't think he would be as big as a star as he is with the NWA, and I think that's just because he's a big big fish in a not so big pond. Yeah, and I think it's kind of the same thing with uh with Brian Cage. No, I think you uh, hit the nail on the head. But um, I, I, I thought this match was pretty good. They obviously used um, the story, nice little story. Seidel using his speed to try and evade sort of like the bigger power moves of Cage, and then Cage uh, won, which was one of the uh, I think there was two title matches on uh, title changes rather on this show. And uh, yeah, a pretty enjoyable match, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a good match. What was it there? Because I'm kind of foggy right now. But was there a spot like where um? They, they they tried to do some move and there was like some type of slip up or, or something like that with with, with Cage and, and inside L something yeah, it happened along the line. Obviously, yeah. that most yeah. recently happened, didn't it, on AEW TV? And obviously, uh, oh, bro, that did happen on A. Oh yeah, I forgot. Jesus Christ, yeah. Matt Sadell <laughs> said, said, said got that. Ago, yeah, <laughs> on his debut, weren't it for AEW and. Um, but uh, yeah, because Sadell's always known as having sort of like the smoothest, most crispest uh, looking 
shooting star press. And then obviously on this show, um, there was a bit of a botch on it. And then obviously for his, his debut with AEW. But yeah, I've seen it a couple of times live. And yeah, it always looks amazing. Because he'd done a few things in the UK with Osprey and the like. And had some cracking matches mm-hmm. together in a best of three falls in, uh, in Red Pro. And then once he'd sort of like gone into the wilderness after the whole New Japan situation. He, he, I don't think he's quite... He's, he's had some decent matches, but I don't think he's quite gone back to that level he was um, sort of like um, pre-getting caught in an airport with some dope. Yeah. No, I, I think honestly, bro, like... Because I've, I've heard some interviews that Sadao did, and I think he's kind of like just... I, I, I can kind of hearken it back to um, like RBD in a way. Because RBD... He cut like he obviously straight up comes out and says in these interviews that like that fire, that passion for wrestling, like that's gone. It's about the money now. You know what I'm saying? He he's open with that. Like that's no, you know, random thing. Like RBD has said this in plenty of interviews, like it's about the money for him. And I don't think that's the I don't think that's the thing about Sadel. I think Sadel loves professional wrestling. Uh, but I think it's more so like he's he he's he's happy with what he's done in his career. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like less of that feeling that he has something to prove per se so like but i, 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 well, I don't want to compare that to rbd because rbd just straight up say he don't give a damn no more but like but like so i, so I think it's more so sidell just feels like you know he, he's done a lot he's accomplished a lot and there's less of there's less of that need to go and seek out that approval or go and yeah. seek out that affirmation from you know from everybody else yeah i completely agree i think uh yeah that's a good point there but um on to match number five, and uh, we were talking about video packages earlier, and I mentioned one that made me howl with laughter, and it, it was this match, Sue Young against Madison Rain. I mean, your mileage is going to vary on, on these sorts of matches, depending on how much you enjoy the theatrics of Sue Young and her uh, undead brides, but... Uh, yeah, I was laughing my head off at this uh, video package of uh, Madison Rain running back in a running around in what appeared to be a funeral parlor with uh, little girls dressed up as Sue Young, and then seeing her own corpse in the coffin and stuff. And uh, Andrew, are you uh, give me an opinion on this. Are you a fan of this sort of like uh, theatrical style of wrestling, <laughs> Sue Young, and all this sort of like nineteen ninety one Undertaker type stuff? No, I'm... <laughs> what <Would> you just <laughs> what you just call it? It's not like 1991, so like Undertaker, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm I'm not really a fan of like the undead realm and you know all that, all that stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it it works for some people. Like, some people like it, but I, I'm just not like I I can't I can't I couldn't find, I couldn't get into it. Like, I remember even back then when I was like sort of tuning in and out to Impact to keep up like with the storylines and stuff on on the lead up to the show. I I couldn't get into it. Like, it just didn't it, it didn't resonate with me. It just seemed like some random stuff. I like, bro. I, I think, and, and, and like, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts about this, man. Do you think like the whole like any type of like paranormal like ghostly characters are like kind of you know done within professional wrestling just because of like we we like we just know too much about the individuals behind the character. Like we know they have families and mm. you you know what I'm saying. Like it, it, it's and you know they posting on Instagram and like all that stuff. You think it's kind of like those characters are kind of done. Like I I, I think. Like before you answered, I I, I think I kind of just came to my head. Like I, I think the only one that's kind of left in a way is, is Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, and and I, I think that's kind of more so. That's not even like a ghostly thing. I think that's just more so somebody who just lost their shit mm-hmm. and like just went crazy. Like yeah. and I, I I think that's probably the, like probably like one of the last ones that's left as far as those type of characters that like can actually work. 
Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know because obviously I found this year's WrestleMania with the AJ Styles and Undertaker. I found that absolutely hilarious. I think I found it more funny, and that's why I get some kind of enjoyment out of it. But yeah, as far as taking anything like this seriously, no, I don't. I don't take it seriously at all. I just see it as a comedy match in my mind when someone's getting brought out in a coffin and things like that. But I suppose Sue Young had a big run on the indies and stuff, didn't she? And then yeah. obviously she's yeah. very popular in Impact, so it must have a place with some fans. But um, I don't think with uh, either me or you. And I thought they did a decent job with building sort of like Madison Rain up as this sort of like, you know, homegrown TNA, TNA star mm-hmm. and stuff in, in the build-up for this one. But um, obviously that didn't go very far because... Um, Quite a, a short match, but um, it, it was there to make did, Sue Young look good. Did, wasn't I was going to ask you: Did did the Madison Rain? Did she work the May Young Classic that year, or was that 2019 that she worked? Because you know, they, they didn't do a May Young Classic that year, so that was that was 2018, right? Yeah, she think, worked the May yeah, Young I think Classic. She did, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she did. She worked the May Young. Yeah, I mean that's cool. I, I like that. That's cool. And now doesn't she work backstage for Impact? Yeah, she she uh she's an agent and um she's a commentator. Cause Gail Gail Kim was an agent, well she is an agent, but they promoted Gail Kim to um talent relations with with uh with with D'Lo D'Lo Brown. So yeah, uh, Madison Rain got promoted as well. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. So um, moving on to uh the good stuff now. I mean, match six. We've got the OGs v uh LAX. Uh, Santana. Cinematic. Yeah. Cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> Santana Ortiz uh, with Conan in their corner and then Homicide and Hernandez with uh, Eddie Kingston and um, I remember this getting tons of praise at the time and I remember loving Homicide and Hernandez in 2005 those multi-man tags with the likes of AJ and Chris Daniels uh, great story here I thought Eddie Kingston as a mouthpiece for the uh, OG saying that they were there to finish LAX once and forever and Fantastic match. I mean, Santana and Ortiz are having a lot of good matches on Impact oh, uh, against the likes of Lucha Bros and things like that around this time. And um, great entrance from both teams, I thought. And um, and I, I was going to ask you before, uh, Conan's quite uh, notorious for jumping in everyone's DMs these days, Andrew, uh, asking if um, you've been listening to his podcast. No. Have, you, <laughs> have you had the honor of a, a Conan DM? No, not 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 yet, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I, I wanted to clear up something real quick because I said cinematic. Like I, I, I initially, I like the thing that came to my mind when I thought about LAX versus uh versus the OGs was the the, the cinematic backstage. I mean, not the cinematic street fight that they did. Um, it was on an episode of Impact, I think, and I oh, got yeah. that minute, and I just came to my mind like I watched the show earlier, and it was the uh the match when they when the when the boards was off the ring, right? So yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that that was crazy, man. Like uh, honestly, bro, this was like a really, like really, really, like really, really good match. Like I enjoyed this. I think they that uh, they they tore the house down as far as what they did. And it, like it's crazy to me still seeing like Hernandez like flying around and stuff like that. Mm. Like and especially considering like I like I was gonna ask you like because cause, cause I I know you've seen more than me as far as professional wrestling goes and like see, seeing like the majority of some of these dudes' careers like specifically homicide and specifically homicide yeah, speaking about homicide like do you do you like do you think homicide has like gotten his just due in professional wrestling like for what he's done like homicide has been around for a long yeah. time like he's done a lot like and he's had success in a lot of places like do you think homicide has been able to get his just do a people like recognize him for his contributions to professional wrestling no, I don't think they do it all. It's like you say, he's been around for a while, and then he had all this stuff in Ring of Honor, and then obviously his original run in LAX, and then he, he's making comebacks, and he? he was on that Bloodsport show this past yep. weekend as well, and 
I think, and I also think he's he's probably got a really good mind for wrestling as well. And he certainly did a lot in getting that tag team over here. I mean, it showed when Hernandez went single, you know, how much he struggled with our homicide there to do be the workhorse of the match. And I thought he did a lot of the stuff in this match with keeping it all together, especially with uh, Santana Ortiz, fairly young dudes, and then Hernandez, who's good for the sort of like big power impact moves. But as far as keeping the match together, I thought homicide did a lot of that in this match. Yeah, no, nah, for 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 sure, hundred percent. But like, I, I, like you you mentioned it uh, at the at the top of the show, like another guy who like really stands out within this whole feud was Eddie Kingston, and like it's it's kind of crazy, like hindsight being twenty twenty, knowing what Eddie Kingston was kind of going through personally because he's he's spoken about it now, uh, now that he signed with AEW, like he was, you know, it, it what wasn't in the best place financially, you know what I'm saying? Was kind of like just going from show to show and kind of, you know, he 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 said this, but like you know he's like just paying his bills as he go, you know, keep keeping everything, you know, uh, afloat with these shows that he was doing. And and it's just crazy, like, knowing, like, the content that he was producing at the time and the work rate that he was going at the time and, like, just knowing the personal battles that he was having. Like, it it just goes to show you, man, like, you you just never know what somebody is going through in life. Like, you you would think, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you would think this dude, like, this dude on TV, he working all these indie dates like you would you would think he you know everything's all good yep. but it wasn't you know what i'm saying I, I think that just goes to show you man like you just never ever know what anybody is going through in life like people could put on the biggest smile they won't say a peep on social media won't complain about a damn thing you know what i'm saying but they or like on, on in their own personal life they got their own stuff going on and it's some, some like hard stuff to deal with so it, it's cool seeing like the story of eddie kingston like you know, pan out throughout the years, and now he's a you know signed with AEW, and like he's in, in a main event spot. So like, I I think it's like Eddie Kingston is like one of those like real cool, like real feel good stories, man. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely, and it is great to see all the hard work pay off for him, and he's hopefully got a a pretty fat contract for me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but yeah, I think um, this um, feud went on for quite a while, didn't he? I mean, you mentioned it yeah. when they were, running, they were running all over Toronto on an episode of Impact, like organising hits on each other and things like that. That got a bit wild, didn't it? But um, yeah, as far as this match went, it was tons of fun. I mean, you know, your uh, mileage might vary on these, and especially there seemed to be a lot of hardcore stuff on this show, but this was uh, this was really good. I really enjoyed it. Lots of sort of like interesting moves. I always thought... Um, and they've been continuing it in AEW as well. That uh, Santana and Ortiz is quite innovative in some of their offense. You know, you might have seen a lot of these plunder matches before, especially things involving tables and ladders. Where I always mm-hmm. think they manage to sort of like uh, make things look slightly different or change it up a bit. Or they've certainly got some uh, interesting double team tag moves as well. Yes, yeah, so Santana and Ortiz, they they definitely like one of the better duos out there I like that, that I see that's a team I think could be doing more in AEW like along with Pentagon and Phoenix I think they could be like I, I like them with the inner circle I, I do but I, I think they could really stand out on their own like I, I feel like when Eddie Kingston came to AEW I feel like the the, the obvious thing that a lot of people thought was going to happen was you pair him with Santana on the team and you let them run the joint you know what I'm saying? I, I think that I think that's what most people thought and I, I think that's still going to come but uh yeah I think Santana on the could be you know, doing uh, doing a lot more. I definitely think they could have been tag champions by now, at least. But um, like I, I wanted to ask you, Mark. Like as far as um, I want to get your thoughts about this. Like I I don't I don't know when it was. That's I think it was late. I think it was later this year. Um, or it, or it was some, sometime around. Uh, yeah, my back. Yeah, I, I think it was later this year, or some sometime uh late, later that year, or, or sometime around early 2019 or something like that. Uh, when Santana Ortiz left Impact. 
I was gonna ask you, like, what, what do you think about the way that Impact sent Santana on Ortiz out? Because normally, as you see with most professional wrestling, like when the guy or when the team or or, or the group of people are leaving a company, the 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 normal thing to do is they put over, you know, the the people, and then they they go out on a loss on their way out, mm-hmm. and that's it. But what Impact what Impact did was they had Santana and Ortiz go over in, in their last match and gave them like a big celebration at the end and you know everybody came out to the ring and hoisted them up and told them thank you for what they did for impact like i I think that was probably like one of the like really really cool things that you could do for somebody who you know basically busted their ass for you for the past couple of years like i think that was like a really cool thing that impact since santana and ortiz on their way eventually to uh aw no, I completely agree. Obviously, like you know, with the, I mean, it just desserts for them, weren't it? Really, they busted their asses for uh, Impact, you know, um, trying to get them, especially with the the new management takeover and things. Yeah, they were the highlights of a lot of the shows, you know, especially that's what got a lot of people talking about um, the tag matches that they were having. So yeah, I think, um, and they'd done pretty much everything they could do in the company by that point, hadn't they? So yeah, I think. Um, you know, I think it was really deserved that they got um, sort of like a big uh, pat on the back and a send off to uh, hopefully be earning some uh, some better money in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked about sort of lap match being brutal. I mean, next up, uh, we had Pentagon Junior against Sammy Callahan, heavy mask match. Um, I mean, Callahan's been a bit of a controversial figure figure for a variety of reasons, but I remember at the time this being talked about as maybe one of the you know top ten matches of the year. I mean, this was absolutely oh, yeah. brutal, and I imagine there were just as many people turned off by this as sort of like turned on for this. I mean, just those nails he fetched out and were just hammering in each other's end, and the crowd was so into this match and just these two, the levels of intensity they showed and. Just how, especially Callahan, willing to have those sort of like things baseball batted into his head, and he got a right gusher on the top of his head that was like absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, like I said, your mileage is going to vary on these hardcore matches, but I thought the intensity these two showed, and just um, I thought they worked so well together in this match. This was for sure one of the best matches of, of 2018. Like it's not even a question. I, I would say top five. Honestly, like you could throw that in there with some of the other matches that that happened that year, other great matches that happened that year. Of course, Omega Okada, uh, Gargano and Almas from Takeover Philly. Yeah. Um, like it, it was, it was that that uh, NXT Takeover uh, that that NXT Takeover ladder match for the North American title. Like you, it was so many great matches that happened that year, man. Like you, you could you literally throw that anywhere. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think this is one of the better matches that happened this year. Pentagon and Phoenix, they, I mean, I said Pentagon and Phoenix, Pentagon and Sammy, they went out there. And, they they beat the hell out of each other. And I always think it's like a cool visual when you see Pentagon bleeding because of his mask. Like it, it, they, they always open that portion of his mask near his eye. And like you could just like it, it, it's just a cool visual, man. I, I'm pretty sure it don't feel good for him. Yeah. But like it, 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 like it, it looked good on TV. So, yeah, I agree with you, man. I think this is one of the better matches and, and for sure the best match on this show. And I think, yeah, as well, especially with um, that white part of his mask, especially when you, know, yeah. you get the blood all over that and things like that. And um, I mean, it was, he was never going to lose his mask, was he, in, in Impact? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think a Mex- Mexican wrestler's got more respect for themselves than that. Um, yeah, so obviously hats off to Sammy for having his head shaved and, and things like that. But this was absolutely brutal. So it reminded me of this sort of like uh, Greg Valentine, Roddy Piper, dog collar matches and things like that from the 80s. Really intense, two really good workers, like really going at it. So, yeah, really enjoyed this one. I can see why a lot of people would have it in the sort of, like, top matches of the year. But, um, 
I mean, just before we get into the main event, we had um, Toronto Blue Jays player Curtis Granderson came out, didn't he, uh, for the main event? He, he, I think he'd just joined the Toronto... Yeah, he had just joined the Toronto Blue Jays at the time, former Yankee. I think he played for Detroit as well, but out here to present the tiles. I always, I always remember Curtis Granderson was a good player to pick on uh, up on uh, MLB 2K11. He always... He, you know, if you had a, a career mode or something like that, he'd always, like... Uh, go up and, and score you a lot of home runs and things like that. So that's my <laughs> my one memory of Curtis Granderson. But it, it sort of gave the match, I think, a bit more sort of like that old school thing where you had a, a big sporting guy come out and uh, present the title f- to the winner sort of thing. Yeah. like, uh, Are you a fan of like these little celebrities fast or do you not really care for them? Uh, it depends what the celebrity is. I mean, uh, I don't give two shits about any NASCAR, <laughs> any NASCAR drives. That means absolutely nothing to me. But I think it can work, especially if there's minimal involvement. I mean, you know, obviously Tyson's uh, the number one one, isn't it, uh, for that WrestleMania 14? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Snoop Dogg <laughs> coming in and things like that. But yeah, I didn't mind it for this because obviously, you know, he's he's a hometown player and stuff like that. And, and he didn't get too involved in the match, I don't think. And I think it is, it kind of adds a bit more to the main events when you do have um, someone who's actually genuinely famous um, coming yeah. and sort of like doing the title, like kind of like a, a big time boxing match or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you just said. I, I, I agree 100% on that. And uh, as far as the match goes, I mean, Austin Aries uh, comes out with some dopey comments uh, now and again on Twitter and things like that. And I know he's probably, uh, <laughs> he's probably not that popular backstage at a lot of the promotions, but boy, did I, don't he think, his... I don't think he getting booked no more, bro. No, I really exactly. don't. <laughs> For real. like he, I mean, he he, he kind of did this to himself when you think about it, like like legit, like we, like I, I was like we, we I, I got like a whole thing I wanted to talk to you about that too, as far as Austin Aries goes. But like as far as the match goes, uh. Yeah, I, 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 um, when he did that brain buster spot, was it on the outside? He did a he did a brain buster spot somewhere yeah, on the outside. Was, yeah. yeah, and Moose got a concussion. Oh, um, really? Right. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He had a concussion. and He had vertigo from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, he had um, they, 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 you know, at Impact, they they did the the live show, and then they did the couple weeks, like a month's worth or two months worth of tapings the next day, the next two days. Right. So yeah, missed miss Moose the tapings because he suffered a. Uh, he suffered a concussion from that brain buster, and then he had vertigo the, ne- the very next day. So that just added on. So he wasn't even, you know, I don't think he was factored into the tapings uh, for real. Yeah, because it was on the, it was on right on the uh, floor, weren't it? Sort of like yeah. him back on his head. Because I, I thought this was a good match. Um, and it was, uh, it was very short. So like, you know, what I'm saying he trying to brain buster moose, moose like, moose like six 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 five. Yeah. And all like five seven five eight. Like I don't think that was. That, 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 that's like him trying to give like moves like a tombstone like yeah. is it... <laughs> not the smartest move really is yeah. it for a big dude like moose and i, mean, I think there'd been some big sort of like spots in this match something else i noticed was at the end sort of like you know they've both been bumping like crazy for each other and then sort of like just as, as the finish came uh, with aries picking up the win he sort of like literally just kicked up and then ran straight to the back and i was like moose is out here sort of like selling his arse off you know the, after this big match and you just like kept up like uh you know like you fresh as a daisy and i, I thought hey that's a bit disrespectful especially sort of like it, they were trying to build this up as a massive title match weren't they and and moose maybe becoming uh the i mean did you think um, aries deserved to go over here or do you think they should have gone with moose because moose is kind of he's kind of touch and go and he's not the best in ring but he's got a lot of sort of like charisma and certainly the crowd are really into the sort of like moose chant and things like that 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think they really could have put the title on Moose. I know in the build up to this show, they were kind of like, um, you you know, doing the thing of how you know they gave the Moose like the 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 grand championship and stuff like that, like you know, like not the world title, but they mm-hmm. would always give them like the placeholder, you know, championship and stuff like that. And that was kind of the story going into the match. I, I don't see why they couldn't put the title on Moose. Like I I, I think at the time, Impact just saw Austin Aries as a like a, a bigger star. Yeah. than what he was at the time because you know he was coming off that WWE run mm. like do Austin Aries always had like these weird post-match like antics like do you, like do, you, like, do you remember like of course like, it was the pay-per-view after this at Bound for Glory when he straight up walked out on uh, Morrison oh um, yeah 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 that, that was the that was the pay-per-view after this and do, dog do, Martin do you remember when he lost to 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 pack at WWE Extreme Rules 2017 and after the match, he like just stored, like he just like uh, stared directly into the hard cam and smiled. Like oh, after no, the match, I don't remember said, that, but that, that like, just sounds exactly like him. Yeah, <laughs> like he like he he just got uh, tapped out by Pat, um, and he like he was sitting on the outside, and like the hard camera came up to him, like he I guess he was supposed to be like exhausted or like knocked out. Dude was like staring in the hard cam, like smiling. Like I was like, what the hell is he doing? You know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah. just weird. Like he always had like these weird post match like antics and stuff like that. But like that, that I guess and that's all the areas for you right there. Yeah, he seems to have a real bad attitude, which is a sort of a shame because he's had some. You know, he's a decent worker, and obviously he was bumping around quite a lot in this one for a lot of Moose's big moves. Like he took that. Uh, was it the uh, the press slam into the crowd and stuff like that? So yeah, he was, he was willing to you know uh, do the sort of like big bumps uh, to make Moose look like a bit of a monster. But then it's just the end of the match where he just thought makes out like uh, yeah he's as fresh as a daisy and nothing's happening. And like you just noted uh, about three other examples where he's been the dickhead at the end of the match. And then he had that whole thing with Christy Hemi, didn't he? Where he was like you know yeah face yeah and things like that. So he just just seems like a, a dude with a real bad attitude. But as far as Moose goes, what what do you think? Do you, what do you think his level is? Do you think obviously he can sort of like main event shows like this? But do you think he he could have a, a big run with it? Because he's still in Impact, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think yeah. he could have a big run as sort of like you know a, a quote unquote sort of like homegrown Impact wrestler? Yeah, I, I definitely think Moose could be you know world a, a world champion in Impact. Like, but I feel like they they've slotted him semi permanently in that position of underneath the world title picture like even at the current bound for glory pay-per-view like he's facing ec3 for the tna world heavyweight championship like you know what i'm saying like moose is walking around calling himself the tna world heavyweight champion and got the old belt and stuff like that and it's the the exact same thing as what was leading into this match like he was the grand champion could get to the next level and now he's in the same kind of position he's not the impact world champion but he's the tna heavyweight champion you know what i'm saying like just like little stuff like that but you know i i I wanted to ask you like what like what do you think austin aries's legacy is going to be in professional wrestling because i I felt like the early 2000s like he was like beloved of course he did like he did some work with roh and stuff like that and like austin aries had like some really he he had like a really really good career and then like i felt like towards like the last three years or so like his career four years or so his career was just like not where it's at like and he and most of it was kind of his own doing mm. in, in, in a way so i wanted to ask you like for somebody that's kind of seeing his career unfold in a way like what do you think his legacy is going to be and how, how much do you think the last five years or so have really damaged his legacy no i think that's it i think his attitude and just like the stink on him now i think that's damaged i mean like you said he did have some good stuff in ring of honor and then 
his original run in the X Division in TNA he had some memorable mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, as far as actually, I had a good match with um, it was on the pre-show for WrestleMania the year before, weren't it? Uh, yeah, that was that was yeah. really good. Yeah. That was really good. And so I think he's always, always he's always been a good worker, but his attitudes obviously clearly sort of like let him down. And I think that'll always be sort of like his legacy that yeah, he had all the tools to be a good wrestler, but um, you know his attitude let him down big time. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent with what you just said. Do you do you think that's more so of him feeling like 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 honestly, dude? I I feel, I feel like he was yeah. I, I feel like he was all good up until he went to WWE because I feel like. He went to WWE expecting to be this main event, you know what I'm mm. saying, top flight talent. And then I remember on his first, I think it was his first night, he got he got whooped by Baron Corbin. Like, <laughs> like, like I, I think that was it to, to start their feud to the takeover, of course. And then I remember when he had, I think he had a match at takeover, and he won, right? Yeah. And he got uh he got beat up by Hideo Itami in his first debut in a crowd just completely forgot about Austin Aries when that happened and they went crazy for Atami because Atami I know you remember back then Atami was hot back then like oh, he was yeah, the man obviously he had all them killer matches as Kenta and stuff like that yeah, and he was like exactly. the first sort of like big Japanese name they signed to a NXT weren't they and he was going to be their big yep. Japanese star and then obviously they forgot about him once they started looking at Nakamura and people like that See, see, my, see, my, now, now you got me going on these different, these different tangents, man. Because you like bringing up some good points. Like I was just th- like, not, not to get too far off, man, but like, dude, l- l- what, Mark, Mark, what, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, Kenta's ceiling was in WWE had he not had those multiple arm surgeries? Because obviously, dude, like, it, I, I think it's a no brainer. He he would have been NXT champion. Like I think that was just mm. I, like I, I, I think that was the plan from the get go. Like, cause I think, uh, I, I, I think the story is that he was supposed to win the NXT title at the Beast in the East show, but he got hurt, and that they ended up giving that to Finn Balor. So I, I, I always like was curious. I was like, man, like I wonder what his career would have turned out like in WWE had he not getting injured. Cause I, I know a lot of people kind of go the route of like they, they say like you know WWE could have did more with him. They could have, and and they could have, but like dude kept getting hurt, bro. Mm. Like and it and it, and, it, and it wasn't like some you know, little rinky ding injuries, like he had to get multiple surgeries, like, and it was in the same spot, like, and it, like, he just kept getting hurt. And like, after a while, like, I'm pretty sure even if you were running a company yourself, I'm probably pretty sure you'd be like, like, you know, I don't, I don't really know if we should be putting titles on this dude, because like, we get too far with him, you know, and he get hurt, then we stuck in a rut. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And yeah, the injury certainly played a big part, cause obviously his bet years were well behind him by the time he started in, uh, in WWE, and it also didn't help that uh, sort of like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk had stolen all his best stuff from <laughs> 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 the company. So yeah, I did kind of feel like he he was supposed to be that sort of like transition to make WWE bigger in in Japan. But I think by it, by that point, sort of like he's in ring. In, in, I mean, certainly he's had a bit of a renaissance since returning to New Japan. Yeah. But you're never going to yeah. get the uh, Kenta of old because of all the injuries and things. Do, do, do he 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 like destroyed himself in his early career, especially when he was in Noah. Yeah, like he went he went hard. Like and, and I, like I I think that's just another case of like we I think we kind of seen that just a couple of times in professional wrestling, like with guys come in. Like you you seen that with Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan like legit destroyed himself before he got the WWE. His injury yeah, yeah. just All those matches it, it, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, dog, it, it just caught up with him. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the same thing with with, with Kenta. Like by the time he got the WWE, his body was just like done you know what i'm saying because like you done did so much you put your body through so much and like 
now you get to this quote unquote, you get to the big stage. I mean, quote unquote, it is the big stage. Like when you get there, it's like like your body just shut down on you. And then now I I, I don't think it kind of helped either that like while he was out, like Nakamura came in and then like Nakamura just had this like crazy good run in the next T. Like and like Nakamura was the man in the next T. That's probably one of my favorite title runs mm. ever in WWE goes. Like Nakamura was the man. But like I don't think it really helped Kenta at all that Nakamura came in and then just like, you know, but was instantly beloved by the fans and like had like a, good, a really good run that he kind of got like misplaced and then they kind of just tossed him to 205 Live and then I think he I think he um I think he broke Brian Kendrick's nose on Raw one time mm. with a GTS and then they banned the move. So yeah, I, I so like I I think that was just like he, he but he had he had like just bad luck in yeah. WWE. I think oh. it was timing and luck and everything. I think, like you say, and then the injuries and things. And I think a lot of wrestlers, you know, I've got to... And it's also like, I remember listening to an interview with Rocky Romero a few years back, and he was saying, like, you go, you know, the idea is that you go touring around the Indies and then maybe do a run in Japan, and then you go to WWE to sort of, like, you know, have your retirement package and take it easy. But <laughs> WWE can't take it easy now because, you know, you're expected to, you know, have your working boots on, and it's not as easy as it sort of, like, used to be. So, yeah, but I think... Especially anyone who knows that style with Kenta and, and things like that, and especially those matches he had with Marufuji and the like, and then Loki and Ring of Honor in the likes of 2005, you know, you aren't going to have an easy match with Loki, and certainly the fans wouldn't um, respect a wrestler who was taking it easy in Noah and Ring of Honor. So, yeah, I think, like you said, he, he went so hard. And it's like you say with Daniel Bryan and Punk and, and guys like that, you know, they went so hard on the indies before they got to WWE that, they, you know, the bodies were probably knackered by the time they got to the to the main show but um i just wanted right. to get your overall thoughts on this show i mean it, like you know it earlier a strong year for us and i mean we had the seven star okada rio mega match at dominion in june of 2018 all in in september i mean wrestlemania that year in new orleans was pretty good up until the uh angle and angle ronda against uh, triple h and stephanie match and then it was sort of downhill from there and then we had those nxt takeover matches you know we had the likes of osprey and scale uh Sakura Genesis, yeah, that was a good match as well. And then a ton of NXT matches that were great that year, you know, where Alistair Black against Johnny Gargano, Gargano against Champa and the likes, and yeah. And just Damn, bro, 2018 was athlete. good. Jesus Christ, that like, no, you mentioned that. 2018 was crazy. That was a good year. Like, and, 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 and like, I, I, I hate when I do this, when I get on these, like, like off-topic stuff, but, like, you mentioned these names, and I, like, I, I like, did, has there been any word of what happened? With Marty Scott and Ring of Honor, like did did they let him go, or they like did like is he still? No, no, with they, said they were doing. Um, obviously, there were some really bad accusations against Marty. Oh yeah, Scott, yeah, some horrifying stuff. Um, but yeah, they said they were going to do an investigation into it, and that was the last we heard. So I guess they just thought, that was like in June, wasn't it? Yeah. So I guess you know they're either investigating it or they're just hoping that they can keep him. People forget about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nah, like I, I, I ain't surprised at all. Wrestling companies are all the same, aren't they, when it comes to this sort of stuff? They, they just, yeah. well, most of them are. Not all of them are the same. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to say that. but Yeah, nah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah but... what do you think this show sort of ranks in? I mean, we had some big, big shows that year. I mean, that's when NXT was on fire, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, and as, but as far as like shows go, I thought top to bottom, you know, apart from the Sue Young sort of stuff and maybe a couple of other matches, I thought it was a, a really solid show. And, and you wouldn't be able to say that even sort of like the tna shows from years gone by it was like you'd have one or two really good matches and then the rest would be sort of like vince russo 
overbooked BS sort uh-huh. of stuff. But then, as far as a, a you know bell to bell show, I thought this was a, a pretty solid one. Yeah, I, I, I would like now, now that you like kind of because like you kind of like brought it to my my ear like how many great matches there were this year, how many great shows there were this year. Like this 2018 was like a really really great year for wrestling. Like I, I know the Wrestle Kingdom that year was fire. I know Takeover like all the Takeovers that year were really good. Um, like. As far as this show goes, I, I would definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna definitely throw it in the top five as far as shows goes. Like, I, I think you yeah. can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with Wrestle Kingdom. You can't go wrong with the Takeover Philly. Like, I think that, like, honestly, bro, I think that Andrade Johnny Gargano match was probably the best match from from from, from that year. I genuinely think that was probably the best match from 2018. You got the. North American title match. You got Omega and Okada at Dominion. Mm. Uh, dude, you you had it, it was it was some just some crazy crazy good matches in 2018. Like just professional wrestling as a whole. I'm trying. What what was that, dude? That that was the year that uh that was the year that PCO faced Walter at Spring Break, wasn't it? 2018. Oh yeah, it was, in New Orleans. It. Yes, yes. That, yeah. <laughs> that, dude, that match was crazy. That was like one of the best matches I ever seen. Like that was that that was, I, I swear I think that was Walter's best match. Like that was probably the best Walter I, match. I wouldn't go that far, ever. but I'd say it was. Real? I'd say it was a really well, enjoyable yeah, match. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Yeah, I remember that because you were talking about spring break earlier, and I remember that. Um, I think John and Way were there as well. I think they were sat a couple of rows away from me, um, Joe Lemon and my wife. And yeah, I remember we were enjoying that show up until the uh, the clusterfuck battle royal, and then it all went off a hill. Because I think it was like two o'clock in the morning it just become a test of the wills about who could uh, stay watching this thing <laughs> yeah no nah, let me correct I, I i meant to say that was the probably the best pco match i've oh, ever yeah, seen yeah totally. yeah that that, yeah. that that was for sure pco's best match now walter because i know walter had a couple bangers i done seen you know some some great walter matches but uh yeah like i i think uh yeah, that was the best pco match but like you like it, it's just so many great matches that happened in 2018 man like that and that we probably forgetting about um, I'm just bringing like, up Melsa's star ratings for this show, actually. Um, wow, he gave that Sue Young against Madison Rain 1.5 stars. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even think it was that bad. And this Pentagon Jr. against Sammy Callahan, 4.25, which I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good there. I'd maybe give it a 4.5, but yeah, I think that's uh, pretty accurate from Melsa there. Yeah, was the, it was, I'm trying to think, like, what is like what was some other... Dude, like, you, you, you remember... Um... What's the name? I think, yeah, Charlotte versus Oscar at that year's WrestleMania was like that was like one of the that was like a real great match that they had. Um, like, dude, I'm trying to think of some other crazy, like crazy, crazy, crazy good matches that happened that year, dude. Like, it was, it, dude, it, it was so many, so, so, so many crazy matches that happened that year, man. Like, I, I can't it's even a transitional period as well. Like we noted at the start, you know, this transition from sort of AEW coming in and changing the landscape of the American wrestling scene. You had a lot of guys who were sort of like you know, either sort of like leaving companies or like maybe making themselves free agents. So you had a lot of wrestlers sort of like wrestling here, there and everywhere or turning up in a company for a while and then maybe going somewhere yep. else. And now everyone's it was, um, more like set down, don't they, in, in companies? Yeah, we, we had, uh, what was that? Uh, 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 what was that? Tanahashi and Ibushi in the, in the G1 Climax Finals, I think oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, it was the G1 Climax Finals or something, something along those lines. Uh, yeah, it was in the G1 that they had that match. We had a uh, match. Wait, was that uh, was that 2017 or 2018 when we had that match with Omega and Ibushi versus the Bucks at the? And was that was that 2018 at the super the the strong style of all show? Oh, uh, I in think. Japan? That, ooh, yeah, 
Yeah, that was either 2017 or 2018. Yeah. But I think that match was unbelievable, bro. That match was crazy. Crazy. But yeah, man, it, it was dude, it was so many, so many great matches, man. I think it was uh, the what the um, when the Young Bucks, um, Kazarian and Scorpio Sky and uh, the Briscoes had that had that ladder war match at Final Battle. Mm. That match was really good. The 2018 that was crazy. That was yeah. a really good year for wrestling. It really was. It is because it's only two years ago. You get so much good wrestling these days that you know you're thinking like, wow, was that really two years ago? And so yeah, it's it's just been great. Like even. I mean, obviously, this show we're going to be going back decades and going back all many years. Well, even just going back two years, it's good to like catch up on like where wrestling was and how different it was. So, like in 2018, I think. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, man, hundred percent. But um, just before we get out of here, Andrew, uh, we now have got our own T-shirt. If you were to uh, the post wrestling store on the website, you'll now be able to purchase your very own. Wrestling Adventure T-shirt, if you fancy having mine and Andrew's faces uh, brandishing across your chest. So uh, there you go, our own T-shirt, Andrew. Where's this? Is on this on the Post Wrestling website? Oh yeah, it's go. Well, it'll be on there once the show goes up. So okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's I'm, crazy, bro. What the hell? I'm sure my mother will be buying one. Yeah. <laughs> We've That's got at crazy. Least one sale there. Yeah, we. we I'm, it's going to get my get my aunt or something to buy it. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas is coming up. Can't think of a, a better gift than a, a wrestling adventure T-shirt. <laughs> if a great stocking filler there. But uh, Andrew, before we head out of here, uh, any plugs you want to get in? Uh, man, you, you go subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, Andrew Thompson Interviews. Um, yeah, I do, I'm, I'm got some stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks. That I think a lot of people are gonna like. I just posted an interview with uh, independent wrestler Eric Royal. I always like doing these profile interviews, like on, on independent wrestlers. I really think that's like my, my, my niche kind of thing. I, I like doing that a lot. Um, yeah, you follow me on Twitter, AD Thompson underscore underscore. And yeah, man, of course, please re- re- replay this pod as many times as you can, man. I, I, I like doing this. It's been a fun two episodes thus far. So yeah, shout, shout out to you, Martin, because it's been a real, a real good time. Now, you're the man, Andrew, all down to you. You know, obviously, really enjoying doing these shows with you. But of course... All roads lead to postwrestling.com. And uh, myself and Ben will be back on this feed with the new monthly British Wrestling Experience on the 12th of November. And then me and Andrew will be back with episode three on the 26th of November. Um, So, yeah, thanks for listening. um, And we'll catch you next month.